0: Africa, rise and shine. Africa, zota. Africa, amuka na unai.
1: Good morning and a very warm welcome to Africa Rise and Shine. This is Channel Africa, the voice of the African Renaissance, and we're coming to you live from Johannesburg in South Africa. We are on the frequencies 7230 kHz on the 41-metre band to southern Africa and on 15255 kHz on the 90-metre band to far west Africa as well as DSTV's audio bouquet channel 802. I'm Lulu Gabu, in studio with Anne Musa, Tabis Luhoko, and Figi Dingwati. In our top stories, an Africa rise and shine at the Sawa. Cameroon court postpones trial of three pro-English protesters and Morocco urged to accept Western Sahara independence. South African MPs debate President Zuma's state of the nation address. In economics news, Shell asked Nigerian court to lift forfeiture on disputed oil field. And in sports news... CAF Chief Issa Hayatul and Kosafa at loggerheads over backing of rival. But first up the news with Ann Musa.
2: A very good morning to you um and Musa. At least 11 people have been killed in a town of in the town of Chimbulu in the Central Democratic Republic of Congo this follows clashes between the army and a militia loyal to a traditional chief Killed in fighting with police last year. Authorities say they do not know how many of the dead are militia members and how many are army soldiers. The militia's leader, Kamuinan Sapu, was killed by police last August. Hundreds have been killed and tens of thousands of others displaced in similar clashes in recent months. Three UN human rights experts have urged authorities in Kenya to end a crackdown on rights groups which they say has intensified in the lead-up to elections slated for August. The appeal comes a month after the country's Interior Ministry called for the closure of NGOs deemed not properly licensed. A government circular alleged the groups had been involved in nefarious activities, saying they posed a threat to national security, including money laundering, diversion of donor aid and financing terrorism. A 22-year-old South African man has reportedly been killed in Syria's capital, Damascus. It's believed that the man from Durban, together with his brother, moved to Syria to join a terror organization. Activist Yusuf Abramji.
3: Uh, According to my sources, the man, together with his brother, left South Africa some time ago. Uh, Indications are that they joined one or other group and they were involved in fighting near Damascus when one of the men uh, was killed. Um, I've spoken to a very close family member who has confirmed the death. It's very unfortunate. There's no need
4: for South Africans, especially, to get involved in conflict in other countries, um, and we
5: condemn such action.
2: Somalia's breakaway northern territory of Somaliland has asked the United States for an exemption to President Donald Trump's executive order on travellers from seven predominantly Muslim nations. Somalia is one of the affected countries, but Somaliland considers itself an independent state after breaking away in 1991. It continues to seek international recognition for its claim. A statement by Somaliland's Foreign Affairs Minister, Sahad Ali Shari, says the Republic wrote a letter to the Secretary of State and Homeland Security Secretary requesting the exemption to the travel ban. And finally, the South African Weather Service has warned that tropical storm Dineo, currently classified as severe and over the Mozambican Channel, is likely to intensify to intense tropical cyclone status by as early as Wednesday evening. It's likely to pack winds of up to 166 kilometers per hour. There are concerns that Dineo will bring torrential rain inclu- uh, resulting in widespread flooding. Forecaster Deport Tawana says the cyclone is already affecting parts of South Africa. Africa and is bringing rain with it. The effects of the tropical
6: cyclone that is uh, over the channel as we speak right now. We expecting to them more on uh, Thursday evening to affect the low felt of Limpopo, and then uh, the, the the intense impact of that system is expected more on Friday with lots of rain and uh, flooding expected in places as well as strong winds.
2: That's the news. It lands at eight thirty Central African time.
1: Thank you, Anne. It's 8.05 Central African Time and you're listening to Africa Rise and Shine. We're coming to you live from Johannesburg in South Africa on this Wednesday, February the 15th, the 46th day of 2017, with 319 days left in the year. Three members of Cameroon's English-speaking opposition, which protests that the country's linguistic minority is being treated as second-class citizens, pleaded not guilty to terrorism charges at a military court. The three activists were arrested in January and charged with conspiracy to commit acts of terrorism, secession, revolution, insurrection and inciting violence. All charges are punishable by death, and more than 160 lawyers have lined up in support of the defendants. Channel Africa's muki Kinzaka reports from Yaoundé.
7: Congo, Felix Agbobala, Fontem Afoteka Neba and Bibixi Mancho are accused of organizing demonstrations in December that turned violent. The government says national flags were burned and the flag of a supposedly new independent nation was lifted. The government deployed the military and at least seven people were killed in the unrest. The three men entered the courtroom Monday, joined by more than 100 lawyers working on the defense. Defense counsel Ben Mona says his clients were arrested illegally. The preliminary
3: objection which we raised had to do with how the case was investigated, which is the proof that... prosecution said they're not ready they don't have witnesses
7: the case has been adjourned until March 23rd English speaking lawyers and teachers have been on strike since November they are protesting what they say is the overwhelming use of French in their sectors but the strike has drawn other activists who accuse the state of marginalizing English speakers living primarily in the southwest and the northwest Some strikers are calling for a return to federalism, while other leaders want cessation. The government says neither are options. Negotiations broke down over the issue early this year. The strikers are also demanding the unconditional release of everyone arrested in connection with the strike. The government says 70 people are detained. Activists say the number is more than that. More arrests happened when the country was celebrating its National Youth Day. President Bia issued a statement Friday. He is open to dialogue, he says, but the president said national unity is not up for negotiation and all detainees must face justice.
8: There have been lingering difficulties, especially owing to the emergence of political demands by extremists and separatist organizations preaching hate and violence these organizations have committed or caused serious atrocities against citizens and damaged their property as well as public buildings and utilities they have embarked on a campaign of intimidation threats and violence to disrupt the normal conduct of business and school activities faced with the situation the government had to take measures to maintain order protect citizens and their property and hand over to the judicial authorities those who committed or were suspected of committing this criminal acts this necessary action will continue in compliance with the laws and regulations of the Republic the government has made some changes to
7: address strikers grievances president Bia has transferred non-english speaking judges out of the striking zones and announced plans to recruit a thousand bilingual teachers english speakers constitute just 20 percent of the population but the constitution says english and french should be equally important since the strike began some official documents can now be found in english despite the changes the government has drawn a hard line on the strike in january Authorities banned public gatherings in the two affected regions and cut all internet access. Reporting for Channel Africa, this is Moki Kinzuka in Yaoundé.
0: Channel Africa, the voice of the African Renaissance. <laughs> Africa rise and shine. I
9: am Hilda kekeloa in Zambia.
0: This is Simon Mochemwa
10: in Harare, Zimbabwe. Jean Noël Channel Africa, Kinshasa.
0: From an African perspective, listen to Channel Africa in English, Kiswahili, French, Silozi, Portuguese, and Chinyanja.
7: This is Moki kinzaka
0: In Informing the world about
11: Africa. In Mohalizuk, Lesotho. And I am Diana Wanyonyi for Channel
1: Africa in Mombasa.
0: Channel Africa, the voice of the African Renaissance.
1: Let's go back in time to today in 1995. South Africa's President Nelson Mandela revealed he will not be standing for re-election in 1999. That was today in history in the year 1995.
12: We have great news for you. Channel Africa has gone mobile. If you have a cell phone, you can now download the mobile app for Android. You can get it on Google Play. Get the latest news from Africa. Get the Channel Africa app. The voice of the African Renaissance.
13: Morocco, as long as they are occupying Western Sahara, should not be even uh, considered uh, in their in their uh, uh, application to be a member of african union and that is uh, is a logic position because you cannot if you are really serious with this uh, to be becoming a member of african union and the african family you should give before going in that direction tangible steps which is not the case they should withdraw from Western Sahara to engage negotiation to withdraw Western Sahara and to put an end to territorial ambition against our country. N- the majority of the, the countries said, okay, let them in. If they are going to sign that, they are going to, uh, to, respect, to, to commit to respect the Charter of African Union. They did it. Now we are going to follow closely what they are going to say and to do. And we have time. We have time, uh, I mean... The next uh, summit is in July.
14: There is an alternative view that uh, the Polisario is losing African support on on this question. What's your reaction?
13: No. Uh, You know, Morocco wanted years ago to expel the Western Sahara Republic from the African Union. They failed that. Now they are accepting that this is a reality. Western Sahara Republic is a member of African Union. They cannot expel that, very far from that. Then they accepted to be member of the African Union when Western Sahara is already member. Then for us it's a success, but it's a success for the solidity of the Charter of African Union. Now, it's up to head of state to make Morocco accountable. If they are not playing games, they should demonstrate that. But double game, a double standard, and to mislead the African Union, that is not going to fly.
1: That was the Polisario France UN representative Ahmed Buhari in a conversation with Show and Bryce Peace. The Lesotho chapter of the Media Institute of Southern Africa (MISA) says it is mobilizing international support to curtail what it sees as government intimidation of the media. This after two Lesotho radio stations were cut off air, allegedly on instructions from the Minister of Communications. The stations were later reopened after obtaining a court order. has more from Aceru. The 14th of February,
9: 2017, We live in direct. It's PCFM 92.8
11: to 95.6. This radio station is one of many that rent broadcasting infrastructure from the government and one of two that were cut off air for four days. The order allegedly came from the Minister of Communications following the broadcast of a prominent opposition politicians' media conference. In it, he accused the Prime Minister and the Deputy Prime Minister of harassment. Zibo Matshasa is the National Director of the Lesotho Chapter of the Media Institute of Southern Africa, MISA. Can we look at this as purely a service provider-client relationship uh, issue?
9: No, in this case we can not look at it in that way because the government did tell us that they actually closed the two radio stations because they had some guests were disrespectful to to the prime minister and the deputy prime minister. So clearly it's not about the issue of client-to-client relations. It's about the the issue of uh, government exercising its power.
11: The radio station was granted a court order to be opened. Nothing happened until it filed another court bid for contempt of court. Hauda Mbeka is the station manager of PCFM.
15: talks about payments. Rental fees, yeah. That is basically the, the arrangement that we have with with LNBS. But in terms of content, like in, in our case, it is supposed to be regulated by the Telecommunications Communications Authority. And there are proper steps and procedures that they normally follow before they can uh, give us punishment. But we have plans to have our own infrastructure. We have those plans. We've always had them even before this issue could arise. That is the most important thing. We are working on it. It's expensive, but we're working on it. It is true we lost a lot of money, and we feel uh, we
9: are not, no longer free.
11: Now Misa Lesotho says it is taking action. Tebo
9: I think at the moment, uh, looking at the incidences that have happened, Uh, it looks like uh, media is under threat. Uh, For instance, we have a partnership with Committee to Protect Journalists, and we're also in touch with uh, Amnesty International. And as we speak, we are giving giving updates from time to time because we think that... uh, Whatever that is happening with regard to the media, if it's infringed in the, in the freedom of the media, the world will be affected in one way or another because we are a country, we are not living in isolation. Yes, we are, we are, we are concerned, especially uh, relations of the security uh, services with the media. It seems to be somehow I mean, temporary with the, with the freedom of the, of the media. The media, whenever it is uh, done anything that to anybody consent, it's uh, out of control that media should be brought to book through legal process. Yeah, so in this case, we see uh, actions that uh, are happening abruptly. Yeah, so this is actually a threat to the media. So we are concerned and we think the government has to be there to protect the media. Uh, it has to be there to protect the law and not necessarily to protect the interest, uh, political interest, which is, seems to be the case at the moment.
11: The Minister of Communications has not responded to any of these allegations. I'm Takwa Nangatani in Maseru, Lesotho.
1: It's a, it's a 20 Central African time and you're listening to Africa Rise and Shine. We're coming to you live from Johannesburg in South Africa. Let's go back in time to today in 1952. A funeral was held at Windsor Castle for Britain's King George. The ninth, who died, who ha- the sixth, rather, who had died nine days earlier. That was today in history in 1952, where a funeral was held at Windsor Castle for Britain's King George VI, who died nine days earlier. <laughs>
0: This is Channel Africa, South Africa's only official international public radio station on shortwave, internet, and satellite. From an African perspective, listen to Channel Africa in English, Kiswahili, French, Silozi, Portuguese, and Chinyanja, informing the world about Africa, Channel Africa, the voice of the African Renaissance.
1: The White House says President Donald Trump asked for the resignation of his national security advisor due to an evolving and eroding level of trust. Those were the words used by Press Secretary Sean Spicer after Monday night's surprise resignation of General Michael Flynn, amidst concerns that he inappropriately discussed with a Russian official the lifting of U.S. sanctions on Russia before President Trump took office. Flynn then subsequently misled the Vice President Mike Pence about the contents of those conversations. White House officials had just hours earlier said the decision to resign had come from Flynn himself, while others said he continued to enjoy the full confidence of the president. President's show Bryce peace has more
14: at issue here are discussions general Michael Flynn had with Russia's ambassador to Washington and how the contents of those discussions were mischaracterized to other officials in the Trump administration Flynn had for weeks denied allegations that he discussed the lifting of sanctions placed on Russia due to hacking concerns during last year's presidential election U.S. intelligence reports have subsequently revealed intercepts of discussions between Flynn and Russian Ambassador Sergei Kislyak, prompting the Justice Department to alert the White House that they had been misled.
16: General Flynn had eroded to the point... Where he
14: the press secretary, sure Sean Spicer, trying secretary to clarify General how matters played themselves out.
16: We've been reviewing and evaluating this issue with respect to General Flynn on a daily basis for a few weeks, trying to ascertain the truth. We got to a point not based on a legal issue but based on a trust issue where the level of trust between the president and General Flynn had eroded to the point where he felt he had to make a change. The president was very concerned that General Flynn had misled the vice president and others.
14: Spicer says the probe by the White House counsel found no illegality on the part of General Flynn emphasizing that the resignation was prompted by a breakdown in trust.
16: The issue here was that the President got to the point where General Flynn's relationship misleading the Vice President and others or the possibility that he had forgotten critical details of this important conversation had created a critical mass and an unsustainable situation. That's why the President decided to ask for his resignation and he got it. The irony of this entire situation is that the President has been incredibly tough on Russia. He continues to raise the issue of Crimea which the previous administration had allowed to be seized by Russia.
14: Democrats and some Republicans are demanding more answers regarding the extent of the relationship between Russia and the White House, with some questioning if Flynn acted alone. Democratic Congressman Elijah Cummings questioned why the White House didn't act sooner after being alerted by the Justice Department in January to Flynn's misrepresentations.
17: Why did Flynn continue to sit in on most the most sensitive, classified meetings until just two days ago. Ladies and gentlemen, something is wrong with that picture. Who at the White House? And I, and I want to press, to press these questions. Who at the White House decided to do nothing for three weeks as Flynn sat in on meeting, after meeting, after meeting? Did the president decide to wait? Did council decide to wait? Something is wrong here.
14: The FBI and the Senate have already begun investigations into allegations of Russia's interference in last year's election, a probe that could become much broader, with calls for a full accounting of Russia's relationship with the current U.S. administration. I'm Shervin Bricepies in New York.
1: As expected, the debate on the President's State of the Nation address in South Africa was a heated affair. Events of last week Thursday were revisited by both the ruling ANC and opposition parties. Minister and the Presidency Jeff Khadebe attacked the DA for proposing a moment of silence to honour the 94 mentally ill patients who died in the Gauteng province. The DA, on the other hand, accused the President of selling the country to foreign agents, as Joseph Messiah has more.
15: Before the debate could start, Speaker Baraka Mbete gave a report back on some of the issues raised during SONA. She said an investigation had found a mysterious powder had been released in the public gallery and that this has been taken away to determine what it was.
11: A matter was raised about cable ties that were allegedly intended to be used on members of parliament. We have referred the matter to the police for investigation. <clears throat> Regarding the presence of the armed members of the South African National Defence Force on the precincts, we wish to indicate that the presiding officers have written to the Minister of Defence and Military Veterans with a view to seeking clarification on the
8: matter.
15: Minister in the Presidency, Jeff Hadebe, opened the debate. Besides elaborating further on some of the programmes announced by the President, he laid into the DA for suggesting a moment of silence for the Houteng mental patients. We empathize with all those who lost their loved ones in the midst of this tragedy. However, it is disingenuous and even inhumane for political parties to use the death of human beings as a rallying crime for political expedience. DA leader Musi Maimane, for his part, said the heightened security measures during Sona showed that the ANC has moved from being a liberator to an oppressor. He accused the president of laughing as MPs were being assaulted.
18: This is the president who is selling our country to foreign agents. We will never forget how he laughed. How he laughed at the violence visited upon members of this house. It was a laugh indeed of the enemy of the people. The ANC has become the party that Chris Hani warned us when he said, what I fear is that the liberators emerge as elitists who drive around in mercedes benzes and use the resources of the country to live in
15: palaces and to gather riches ifp leader mangosu Tubuterezi stood up during sona to tell the presiding officers that an eff mp had told him to move from his seat as it was about to get rough he had then told them he did not know where to go He added that this is the dilemma that South Africans find themselves in today.
3: This is what our people are saying, Your Excellency. They know that it's about to get rough, and they don't know where to go. They don't know where to turn for safety, or how they and their families can avoid the storm. Empty Wests don't provide refuge. There's no longer meaning in the well-worn phrases about a better life for
15: all, Government is working hard, we are showing signs of stability, and working together we can do more. Sunday newspapers carried a story about rural development and land reform minister Gugil Nguinti having facilitated the acquisition of a farm by ANC members. Musi Maimane said in the light of this report, the president's remarks on land reform lack meaning. What the president is talking about when he talks
18: about accelerating reforms, it's in fact more dodgy deals for ANC cronies. He's talking about a narrow-based land deals like the Limpopo farm that Minister Nkwinti lined up for his ANC friends. It's 130 million rands of public money that went to enriching two ANC cronies while 31 farm workers went unpaid and a productive farm fell into disrepair.
15: Later, Minister Nkwinti got the opportunity to defend himself. That uh, what he reads, that's
3: written by journalists. And the attitude of journalists that... uh, whatever they, what what they, what what they, what that politicians are essentially corrupt and therefore what they read in the media is true and, and that's, that's general prudence. It's a pity that the political, a leader of a political party would fall into a trap like that. We have requested, we have requested the speaker, we have requested the speaker to refer the matter to the public protector.
15: The debate continues this afternoon and the president will reply tomorrow. I am Joseph Musia in Parliament.
1: It's 8.30 Central African time and our headlines up next with Ann Moussa.
2: A very good morning to you. I'm Ann Moussa on the headlines. 11 people have been killed in Central DRC following clashes between the army and a militia loyal to a traditional chief killed last August in fighting with police. Three UN experts have urged authorities in Kenya to end a crackdown on rights groups, which they say has intensified in the lead-up to elections slated for August. And a 22-year-old South African man has been killed in Syria's capital, Damascus. Those are the stories making headlines.
1: Thank you, Anne. It's 8.31 Central African time, and you're listening to Africa Rise and Shine. Now, South Africa's opposition economic freedom fighters say it is taking Speaker of Parliament Balegambete to court over Parliament's failure to discipline President Jacob Zuma. This comes after the Constitutional Court ruled last year that he violated his oath of office. EFF members were once again carried out of parliament by security officers last week after the party disrupted the State of the Nation address for more than an hour. They were demanding that President Jacob Zuma not be allowed to address the House. Amos Pajo reports.
17: The EFF is adamant that President Zuma is occupying his position illegally as head of state. It says following a constitutional court ruling that he violated his oath of office in the Nkandla matter, parliament should have commenced with disciplinary action against President Zuma. Party leader Julius Malema says abiding by the oath is a prerequisite for every president and this is precisely why the courts have to intervene.
4: We are now... Uh, taking the matter to court to have a Baleka compelled by court to discipline Zuma. Because the constitutional court was not going to say to us discipline Zuma or remove Zuma. They just said to us, yes, done wrong things. What happens next is for parliament to institute impeachment process or disciplinary action to take further the decision of the constitutional court. The constitutional court can't say this person acted unconstitutionally and it ends there. If you allow parliament to continue as if nothing happened from the constitutional court, you are rendering the constitutional court useless.
17: As part of its campaign to force President Zuma out of office, the party is planning a series of boycotts, During the parliamentary sittings where he is part of the proceedings, the EFF's absence during debate of the State of the Nation Address kicks off this campaign. Its members of parliament were once again ejected out of the National Assembly by security officers after more than an hour of raising points of order that were disallowed by the presiding officers. Malema says the EFF cannot sit and watch while the country's constitution is being disregarded. We are a
4: country which is constituted by cowards who have accepted that a person who has compromised the oath of office can continue to occupy the office. And those that say we must adhere to the constitution are called names and are called disruptors by those who have become comfortable with criminals occupying the highest office even when they've disregarded the oath of office.
17: Malema has also warned that the governing party, ANC, runs the risk of losing more support during 2019 general elections due to its continued failure to act against President Zuma. Malema says last year's local government election results should serve as a wake-up call for the ANC.
4: The ANC is going to lose Gauti and they must blame that again on Zuma because their inability to remove Zuma and discipline Zuma is eating on their votes. And in 2019, they must know that the EFF, when it comes to coalition politics, it will remember those beatings they were doing in parliament. In the same way we remembered those beatings when we were constituting Johannesburg 20 and uh, Nelson Mandel. And people tell us we are sellouts. Sellouts to, for what? To vote for people who are beating us up, pulling us by our private parts, enjoying them nicely. That's torture.
17: The EFS says it has meanwhile asked the Independent Police Investigative Directorate to probe the use of police officers disguised as parliamentary security officials during the State of the Nation address last week. I'm Amos Power in Johannesburg.
1: Let's go back in time to today in 1964, the International Labour of organization suspend South Africa. The ILO objected to South Africa's policy of racial discrimination and further labeled it its labor practices as forced. That was today in history in the year 1964.
0: Africa, rise and shine.
4: Africa, Africa, wake up.
7: Africa, Africa, reveille toi. Africa, Africa, wima. Sun rising. Le soleil <laughs> est levé. <laughs> we ya
18: What's in the happen Africa? Africa Dumelang Africa 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 What's in the happen Africa? It doesn't matter where you come from. Lesotho, Kenya, Zambia, Ghana, Nigeria, Nigeria, Tanzania, Congo, Liberia, Togo, Ethiopia, DRC, South Africa, Swaziland, Morocco, Botswana, Gabon, Zimbabwe, Mauritania, Senegal, Sierra Leone, Liberia. It doesn't matter where you're from, we We are one one people, Channel Africa. Channel
15: Africa,
5: the voice of the African Renaissance. This is DJ Cleo with
0: G Exploits from Nigeria. Channel Africa, the voice of the African Renaissance.
1: It's 8.36 Central African time and you're listening to Africa Rise and Shine. The health department in South Africa's Gauteng province has commenced with the preparation for the relocation of mentally ill patients from the controversial NGOs to appropriately equipped facilities. The country's health minister, Aaron Mutzaledi, and Gauteng's newly appointed health MEC, Gwen Ramohopa, announced in a media briefing in Pretoria yesterday, they say... Police are also conducting forensic investigations on 19 unclaimed bodies believed to be of the mentally ill persons previously housed by the NGOs after being removed from the Life Esidimeni facility. Fanuel Shuma has more.
19: Health Ombudsman Professor Malekha Buruma-Kobam announced two weeks ago that mental health patients from the 27 unlicensed NGOs around Houteng be relocated. This after 94 of them died under the care of some of them. Most of the patients were moved from the government-run Life Estate in Randfontein last year. Health Minister Aaron Mutualedi says they will cooperate with law enforcement agencies in their investigations. At the moment, I am aware
5: that they are busy with identification and postmortems on at least 19 bodies that have not yet been claimed by relatives. Our understanding of the Oomba's recommendation that these findings be shared with appropriate agencies is that structures like the prosecuting authority will have to step in to determine whether there is any criminality or otherwise to be prosecuted upon, and we shall leave these jobs to them. For us, we are cooperating with the police in this
19: regard and will furnish them with whatever information. The ombudsman recommended that his office be updated on the progress and implementation of his recommendations within 45 days. Motswaledi says they are facilitating further talks with the affected families. This after a team of experts visited 27 NGOs with a total of 42 facilities, closing some of them in the process. Motswoleji explains the importance of such talks. Of course,
5: the person who is departed cannot be brought back. That's very clear. But for us as a family to say they've been closure and justice, this is what we like to see. We'll listen to that. And as you know, the recommendation further said, credible prominent South African with an established track record shall lead such
19: a process. However, he says they will be guided by the experts, in finalizing the relocation of the remaining patients from some of the NGOs.
5: We have got psychologists, we have got social workers, we have got occupational therapists, we have got psychiatric nurses, and we have got environmental care inspectors who might even come and say everything else is okay, but in terms of the environment here and give reasons why they think it's not appropriate. So that's why the NGOs will be told. So the closure in some of them is not going to be a process of punishment or not. It's just that the mental health patient
19: must take priority. Motswaledi has further confirmed that provincial health officials fingered in the health ombudsman's report are being dealt with. A precautionary suspension has been instituted on
5: Dr. Silivano. Recommendation number four, the similar proceedings must be instituted against Dr. Makabu Manamela, the director of mental health in Gautium for gross misconduct and incompetence. The process has commenced and a letter of intent for precautionary suspension
19: has been sent. Meanwhile, the Health Ombudsman will today brief the Parliamentary Portfolio Committee on Health on the final
1: Six provinces in South Africa have confirmed that army worms are beginning to wreak havoc among their agricultural sector. The crop-eating pests have recently spread to South Africa from some of the neighboring countries. A delegation from the Department of Agriculture led by Minister Sinzin Zokwana briefed Parliament's Oversight Committee on their plans to combat the spread of the fall army worm. Zaline Merrington has more.
6: The destructive fall armyworm is a new phenomenon to South African farmers. It targets crops such as maize, sorghum, cotton, soybean and sugarcane as hosts. And because it is new, no pesticide had been registered to use against it. The department's director responsible for plant health, Jan Hendrik Fenter, says they've now managed to register nine active ingredients. We are
3: proud to say that we have nine chemicals now, active ingredients now now registered. Also to take note that... This season new pesticides, a lot of farmers that needs chemicals, so there's a lot of um, uh, backlog on the on the on the uh, importation by the chemical companies on these chemicals, and that's why we make it broad as possible to make the the, the strain on
9: the importation not so hard.
6: The department says it could cost up to 1,000 rand per hectare to apply the pesticide. But the acting deputy director, Muketsa Ramasodi, says it's still unclear how the paste will affect food prices.
9: On whether it will impact on the food prices, um, it's a, a question of either or, because we, we still have got to see what's the extent in terms of this and whether it will go into the food prices. But because you you actually making an impact in terms of your variable cost in terms of the operation, it mm-hmm. will then need to find reflection in terms of the cost that is there. But how big that that element in terms of the infraction still needs to be to be worked out.
6: Minister Sinzen Zokwana says he will meet with Treasury soon to request for additional funding to combat the spread of the army worm.
4: The Popo has set aside plus minus eight million as a step to assist as from now smallholder farmers that have come forward and identified whose maize can still be saved. But what we, on the seventeenth, the aim is to is to see and and the discussions with uh, 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 Treasury because before you can utilize funds, you have to get their concurrence, and
3: also try to find any more funding.
1: And that was Minister of Agriculture Senzeni Zokwana ending that report by Zaline Merrington. Let's go back in time. To today in 1971, Britain and Ireland decimalized their currencies, making one pound equal to 100 new pence instead of 240 pence. That was today in history in the year
20: 1971. <laughs>
10: I'm um, Tabi with an economics update. A very good morning. The Zambia National Farmers Union has raised the red flag over the increased importation of foreign agricultural produce, which has adversely affected the local market. ZNFU's president, Jarvis Zimba, says that the union is unhappy with the influx of externally produced vegetables into the country. Zimba says some chain store supermarkets, despite having been urged by government to stock locally produced agricultural products, were still importing. Oil majors, Royal Dutch Shell and any have asked a Nigerian court to lift a temporary forfeiture of a long-disputed oil field. Last month, the Nigerian court ordered the temporary forfeiture of assets and the transfer of operations of the OPL245 field, owned by Shell and Eni, among others, to the federal government. The Nigerian court is the latest... And in this particular case of several inquiries, including by Dutch and Italian authorities, into the 2011 purchase of the OPL245 block, which could hold up 9.23 billion barrels of oil per day. South Africa Statistician General Badilo Horta says unemployment in the country remains very high, despite the agency reporting a quarterly decline in joblessness. Stats SA announced that the country's unemployment fell from 27.1% in the third quarter to 26.5% in the final quarter of 2016. Tsepo Mawai reports.
21: The latest jobs data shows that thousands of mainly black graduates are languishing at home with very little prospects of finding a job. The most affected are graduates from TVET colleges and previously black universities. Statistician General Padil Hota.
3: And in fact, uh, those with tertiary qualifications, non-graduate, also suffer a very high unemployment rate. Particularly the blacks uh, suffer even a higher, uh, much higher unemployment rate
10: Egypt's most famous export, the silky soft cotton prized by makers of luxury bedding and clothing, has become so scarce as production has fallen. But a surge in local cotton prices ahead of next month's planting season and a crackdown on Egyptian cotton worldwide are reviving interest in cultivating the long-neglected crop. Farmers, spinners and exporters say the weakness of the Egyptian pound following its flotation in November and a scandal over the alleged sale of falsely-labeled Egyptian cotton have increased demand for the real thing. Volkswagen's talks with the unions over the implementation of its turnaround plan were broken off on Monday. Labour bosses at VW halted cooperation with management on issues including overtime work, efficiency gains and apprenticeships last week, saying executives were trying to squeeze greater savings than agreed in November. A spokesperson for the VW brand confirmed that the talks have been postponed but declined further comment. The U.S. dollar trades at 13.21 in South Africa. It's at 10.40 in Botswana. 9.84 in Zambia. 7.9 to the British pound. 9.4 to the euro. Gold 1000 dollars Platinum 1,004 dollars an ounce. Brand crude 5.6 dollars, a 3.4 cents a barrel. My name is Tabiso Lohuku.
1: update up next with Figuille Lengwati.
21: We're starting off with football news. The Council of Southern African Football Association's KOSAFA has unanimously endorsed KEF executive member Ahmed Ahmed as a presidential candidate in the upcoming Confederation of African Football (CAF) elections. And for the first time since 1988, when Issa Hayatou assumed KF leadership, his position is being threatened. Ahmed, the current president of Madagascar's Football Association, had already outlined his intention to challenge long-standing CAF President Issa Hayatou in March's elections in Ethiopia. Kosafa President Philip Chiangwa confirmed his organization's support for Ahmed following a meeting of Football Association presidents in the Sadek region in Johannesburg last Saturday.
3: The, 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 the meeting resolved that COSAFA said, in anything we do, when we are coming from this region, we say, Kosafa Fair. we have 14 votes. We have 14 votes. To become president of CUP, you need 28. That if I have 14 votes, other regions want me to support them. We, 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 we do quit pro quo.
21: As where well, Kosafa is getting his funding to beg their men for the top footballing job in Africa, Chianga says it was not about money, but rather an idea, a wish and a commitment to turn the tide
3: understand that this is not about looking for money. when the people who fought for our liberation both in South Africa Zimbabwe Namibia and Mozambique sought to fight they did not seek money as the first goal they sought an idea a wish a commitment so this is the revolution that must be entertained as such people who are in this thing you know, even when I became Korsafa president and I got all the votes, uh, and uh, my opposition ran away, it was not about money. I, th- I, don't, I don't think that, first and foremost, our goal should be to put lots of money in order to win. The people in Africa are tired. They want change.
21: Jamaican sprinter Usain Bolt has been named the Sportsman of the Year at a ceremony in Monaco. Bolt won the award ahead of Mo Farah. Andy Murray, Ronaldo, Stephen Curry, and LeBron James. South African Olympic 400-meter gold medal winner and world record holder, Wade Fanny Kirk lost out to Formula One world champion Nico Rosberg in the Breakthrough of the Year category, while Simon Biles won the Sportswoman of the Year. Michael Phelps was awarded for his incredible Rio Olympic form with the Comeback of the Year award, while the Team of the Year went to the World Series, the Chicago Cubs. There was some good news for South Africa when local charity Waves for Change won the Sports for Good category.
9: For me, I'm, I, I'm uh, uh, 12 cross country. It's uh, one of the biggest events. I'm happy it brought in Africa. And then, uh, I mean, I hope...
21: That was uh, Simon Stephen Mukoka, who is the South African middle distance runner, is excited that the World Cross Country Champions will be held in Africa for the first time since 2007. And former Proteas coach Graham Ford believes South Africa are the best fielding side in the world game, saying that Jonty Rhodes should be given huge credit for their high standards. Rhodes is widely regarded as one of the greatest fielders ever, having built his career around his sharp catching, ground fielding, and throwing down the stumps from his favoured backward position. Most of the players in the current squad would have seen Rhodes play. While growing up and Ford, who is the current Sri Lanka coach, feels he has inspired a generation.
22: I'm not too sure whether there's any other side in world, in world cricket that can field as brilliantly as they do. Um, if there is, hopefully we don't have to play against them because uh, their, their fielding is, is electric. They've got some amazing athletes in, the, in their fielding group. And um, you know I think this, this current... Well, South Africa are, are, are very lucky that... Jonty set such a great uh, example years and years ago. So these guys that are playing for South Africa now, when they were young kids, all they wanted to be was to be like Jonty. So they've, from a very young age, um, <clears throat> you know, really worked on their fielding and, and enjoyed their fielding, and it shows up when they, you know, get out there.
21: Ford, who coached South Africa when the team included the likes of Rhodes. Sean Pollock, Jacques Callis, Makaindin and Graham Smith, to name a few, says the South Africans have already moved on to their next assignment, which is a tour of New Zealand, starting with the T20 International on Friday.
22: The group of players, they are outstanding. We see them uh, performing brilliantly in the IPLs and things. That that top six batting order is is absolutely devastating. Um, the, The bowling is the, the pressure is always on with that bowling unit.
21: That's your spot News this hour.
0: Africa, rise and shine. Africa, zola. Africa, amuka na unai.
1: Recapping our top stories on Africa rise and shine at the Sawa Cameroon Court for trial of three pro-English protesters, Morocco urged to accept Western Sahara independence, and South African MPs debate President Zuma's state-of-a-nation address. That wraps up Africa Rise and Shine today. For myself, Lulu Kabu, producers Pumuzo Ramagaza and technical producer Wiseman Mangele, and the rest of the team. Thank you for listening. For comments about our show, send us an email at info@channelafrica.co.za or tweet us at RiseShineAfrica, or send an SMS on two seven seven nine six nine five seven nine three zero. And taking us to the top of the hour for the news on the frequency nine six two five kHz on the thirty one meter band to southern africa is zama jobe with a song titled waza